Welcome to Night Light. Step away from the mainstream and gather around as we enlighten the world and our realities and travel this cosmic journey we call life. Join us as we share with you and provide that beacon that can guide us all to a better way. Explore with us as we examine a metaphysical montage of spiritual insights covering everything from the mundane to the magical, UFOs to unicorns, and everything in between. This is a time of awakening, of sharing and evolving, of spreading our wings and soaring on the cosmic breath of creation. Come and join with other light-minded spirits as we weave our lights together to seek understanding, enlightenment, and with a little luck, some wisdom. This is Nightlight, a reminder that you are never alone. And now, here is your host, the lovely, delightful, insightful, and all-around great gal, Ms. Barbara DeLong. Evening, everybody, and welcome to Nightlight. I have with me tonight Michelle Avanti, along with, of course, Deb Schiller, our producer. And we're going to be talking about what the stars hold for this country for the next year. I know it it's something everybody is kind of wondering about. We've all been talking about it. And Michelle's sort of an expert in this. I can only give you sort of what I get on a mystical level. And Michelle has, of course, all of astrology and antiquity and all of that wonderful knowledge and wisdom that, that is carried through time at her disposal. So she can give us probably a little clearer understanding of what is yet to come. Michelle, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. I guess we have a phone call in the background. Not sure how to handle that. So <laughs> that's that's a, that's a first since we've been doing this show. So I'm not sure what to do about it. <laughs> oh, it, it, it happens to me all the time. <laughs> anyway, it's wonderful to be here. And uh, yeah, I think it's really important for us to take a look. We're in a really unique time in history and in evolution in terms of consciousness. We've been, uh, as a group of light bearers, many of the people listening, I'm sure, are light bearers. And uh, whether you recognize yourself as such or not, um, if you're a person who knows in your heart what integrity is and follows through with it. Oh, boy, see this? I don't know how to do this. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is what live radio is. You just soldier on. <laughs> You know, I don't know what to do about that. I have to unplug my phone. At any rate, uh, when we take a look at what's happening at this point in our in our world uh, in terms of consciousness, we've taken an enormous leap, you know, from 1988 with the harmonic convergence, even before that, back in the 30s when the doorway for mysticism opened up and and uh, the secrets of the Kabbalah were released for the first time in 2,000, 4,000 years uh, to where we, in 2012, where we had a speed up of everything. Everything sped up and um, 
and we're at that point of the being at the the footstool of the dog star in terms of our solar system coming around Sirius to that same spot it was 26,000 years ago where it was the last time we took an enormous leap forward. So when you look at all of that and then you look out into that box that you have out there in your living room (laughs) and you see news that makes you go, oh, my God, (laughs) Uh, you could either fall into uh, the trap of – the fear-based trap of everything is falling apart or you could step back and say now wait a minute if it's all coming out to where we can see it someone opened up the closet turned on the light and now we can see all the stuff that's crawling around in there it's time to clean it out (laughs) right and And, you know i think too this the, the element of the consciousness rising it happened to everyone, not just people who were spiritually or metaphysically inclined, but everybody. And lots of people don't know how to deal with that kind of insight and energy and wisdom that, that comes pouring into them. So um, I can see how there, there, I see mass confusion and I can understand why there is mass confusion. And, you know, consciously is on a, on a spiritual basis, I can understand it. And certainly if the stars are adding to it, it makes it even more intense. Yeah, there, well, there's no question we're, you know, we're kind of walking through the same combination of statements in the stars that you're seeing outside. Uh, the stars are in placements where... Of course, they've never really been before in recorded history, the way that they're lining up uh, interfacing and especially how they're activating the U.S. chart. So, and then, you know, we're coming to this ingress chart, which for the people on who are listening who are not familiar with the way the ancients um, used astrology to identify what would happen in a nation or a city or a kingdom – uh, they use the power power axis, which are the solstices and the uh, equinoxes. At those points in time, the sun enters zero, zero, zero degrees of a cardinal sign. And those are power points in astrology. And December 21st is coming up and we will be again at a power point. And this particular... December 21st, which is a, what we call a Capricorn ingress, Saturn, who is the natural ruler of Capricorn, is actually at zero degrees of Capricorn along with the sun. And we have never seen that in our lifetimes. I don't know that it has ever occurred before. I've been wanting to go back and see if even several thousand years ago it was at that point. But um, And in the United States chart, um, that that not only is happening, but it's happening in a powerhouse, in a house of power, which is the 10th house. So it's happening at the, the top of the U.S. chart. So these are all statements that say this is a particular, particularly important three-month period we're about to enter. And not to say that the last nine months haven't been something we've never seen before, but this is going to be something else. We don't really have 
Um, you can't just pull out a book and say, well, what does that mean? And you have to just jump in. And, of course, Saturn Saturn in everybody's chart is can, can be about your father or about um, anyone in a position of authority in your life. But in a mundane chart, which is a chart of a nation, uh, Saturn represents the court system. It represents uh, the Supreme Court, for example. Uh, it represents the outcome of a trial or the outcome of an investigation. And uh, it's the moment in your life where you get your diploma or they send you back for another year in school. And um, so to have it conjunct the sun and the sun in a mundane chart represents the ruler of the nation uh, is a statement that there's going to be something stopping this president. And this may be a complete impeachment. It may be a resignation. Um, it may be something else. Um, it may be an indictment. It's hard to say what it's going to be. <laughs> but does it, but, but could it possibly be, you know, could it, could it be, a blockage of his intent rather than an indictment of him as a person? You know, I don't really see it as something that's airy-fairy like intent. Um, it's something very concrete. Capricorn is as concrete as concrete. <laughs> when we talk about Capricorn, we're talking about the house that's built out of stone uh, very, very physical. If it were in a different sign, we could say intent. We could say all kinds of things. But Capricorn is more like handcuffs. <laughs> Capricorn is not something that says, oh, well, here, let me slap you on the wrist and go have a nice time. Okay, well, well, then can can we go in this direction? Can it be someone in his administration or does it have to be specifically him? Oh, I think it could be his whole administration. It would not surprise me if it didn't take down, you know, a whole kingdom. Uh, the ancients used to say, if you see, if you see Saturn making a square to the sun, if you see Saturn making a hard aspect to the sun in close proximity, in other words, within a minute or a minute and a half, and in application, you may have an assassination. Uh, you may have the death to the president or the king. Uh, but to have a conjunction, that's so much more powerful than a square or anything else. It's a statement that the finger is right on the king. It is on the king. <laughs> um, so I don't know. You know, it's it's all, you know. And, of course, there are lots of other pictures that come into this statement, not just what I'm telling you as we're, you know, looking from where we are in history at this moment and what we can see. But um, the 10th house is also uh, the house where um, we have all kinds of issues in the court system. We have whatever the career of the nation is, and to have Saturn conjunct the sun in, in this house can be something stopping, uh, literally stopping the nation in some way. Um, <clears throat> question. You're saying the president, but there are a lot of presidents out there. Well, I'm talking about the ingress for the United States of America. This, this ingress chart is set for Washington, D.C. Yeah, yeah now, but, but again, but we have, the we have Obama the and Clinton. And, 
you know, I'm we sorry, have, go ahead. We have two other presidents of the United States. Too. No, 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 no. An ingress chart refers to the president who was sitting in office at the time or oh, okay. the king who was in power at the time. It wouldn't refer to anyone else. Uh, but uh, when we look around the world, this conjunction is active in every country in the world. Okay, but it not necessarily in this location, which means that it's not going to be in the 10th house because the wheel moves as you go from country to country. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have not run the ingress for North Korea, and I think that would be a really interesting one to take a look at because during this period in time, um, we certainly are having different issues with North Korea. But uh, I don't, I don't have, uh, and this is probably very good news for America. I don't have war during this ingress chart. Um, I have um, challenges with uh, awareness. The American people, um, we have Neptune sitting on the ascendant, and and the ascendant always represents the people of the country. And uh, to have Neptune sitting here in Pisces. Uh, Neptune is in its rulership in Pisces, and Neptune is about illusion, it's about deception, it's about lies, it's about um, imagination, creativity, um, it's also about, you know, gases and st- such, but um, to have it on the ascendance seems to indicate that the American people have been in some form of illusion, or they may be in this period, but then we take a look at the aspects to Neptune here, and the aspects are in a magnificent trine to Jupiter and to Mars, who will move forward and, and be even closer in trine. But uh, that says that there's a doorway that opens up uh, for this cloud of illusion to be exposed because this is what's been happening since October the 2nd when Jupiter went into Scorpio, which I, I made sure to tell everyone when Jupiter goes into Scorpio, you're going to see Pandora's closet is suddenly going to have a light on it and everything that we've been hiding underground every uh, disgusting incident from pedophilia to torture could come out of the closet now and uh, and it will be seen and it will become public. So the trine from Neptune to Jupiter and Scorpio says that there's a doorway that opens up where the illusion, the imagination, the, the fake news, if you want to put it as such, is a doorway for it to be illuminated and for people to start to see what is the truth what is the power behind it? And we could take this to a more spiritual level and say, where is God in all of this? Where is spirit in all of this? Where is the metaphysics of all of this? And uh, some doorway illuminates there as well. And it's fascinating because Jupiter in our chart for this ingress is sitting in the eighth house, which is the house that Scorpio owns. Mars is in Scorpio in this house, which means it's it, it's in rulership in this house. So that can tell us that uh, it could be uh, a military action that opens up doorways. It could be something that we would call militant that o- opens up information. And there's other things here too. At another level, there's other things that could could be. Uh, happening during this period that may include issues that have to do with uh, pharmaceutical drugs and surgeries and um, information that opens up doorways where we have a greater understanding or greater knowledge of where the power is, the power uh, in terms of um, what's maybe behind 
autism or what's behind uh, schizophrenia or what's behind any kind of um, disease or disorder, whatever we want to call them, that involve illusion, uh, hallucinogenics, uh, the brain not operating at optimum. So there's a doorway there where something opens up there as well. So that's a very positive thing in the chart that we will probably witness over the next, you know, over that three-month period. This ingress chart starts December the 21st, and it comes to an end on the 20th of March. So it's it's not like everything happens on December 21st. <laughs> it, it takes time. This is... When you look at an ingress chart, you're basically looking at what I call a loaded gun. So what's in the gun? What can go off during this period? And uh, so so there are some, some very interesting things. And this doorway could open up doors even to the Vatican, information that's been hidden in religious secrecy. Um, we could you, – you could bring that in as well. So we may have some revelations that um, – people have questioned for a long time it's it's a really interesting that is a an interesting thing another thing in this chart that's anybody who'd be looking at i I wish we could have posted it so people could actually take a look but um there is what you call a a grand trine active which means that you have uh three uh either points or planets activating each other uh, at 120 degrees apart. So they are creating a doorway that reveals things or makes opportunity possible. And what this is including is Uranus, 24 degrees of Aries, sitting in our second house, which is the house of money, but it's also the house of values, what's important to the people of this country, and also how do we spend our money. And uh, in trying to Venus, at the midheaven, um, Venus is, can be about money. It can be about love, and in Sagittarius, it can have to do with uh, the law. It can have to do with legal process. It could be a sudden uh, awakening or sudden freedom from a legal process that has burdened us. And uh, and then the rest of that trine goes over to the most interesting part of it, which is the North Node. And the north node in the sixth house, uh, sixth house is the house of service. It's also the house of the military. It's also the house of the employment of uh, the people in America and the healthcare system in America. So here we have this trine action taking place that says what is the purpose during this three-month period? What is the, if you want to give it, the nation's sole directive during this period? It has to do with healthcare, employment, the military, and it has to do with it through Leo, which is the statement of leadership and children and creativity. So, you put these three things together and it says there can be a doorway here where suddenly uh, we become aware and we may take some legal action to give ourselves new freedom in terms of these issues. So there may be, uh, when we add that together, there could be some uh, legislation that opens up uh, to try to give health care to everyone. 
there could be legislation that opens up to try to create more, especially for children or for women. It could be a mobilization of women. That's a revolution of some kind that they are working towards that process. It can also be uh, something uh, that says we need to take more action to help our military, our servicemen who come home. Uh, so there's a lot of statements and also a doorway here that says uh, there may be legislation that could open a doorway for um, better employment situations for the people of this country. Um, now, taking a look at Venus um, to see if she has any additional rulership, we have communication and contracts. So that doorway could include some kind of legal contract that opens up. So that's legislation in the United States government. Well, that so, sounds good and positive, though. That's good. <laughs> nothing, nothing is all black. Let us look at what's good where we can. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it's even with things that, that – that appear to be bad or destructive. I mean, in in order to to build something wonderful, often you have to take things down or or exactly. You know, it, it's it's it's. I've often said that the structure of a government isn't working. We need to start again, and yeah. it does feel like like little by little we are starting again. Well, I think, you know, this, this ingress chart is very interesting. Uh, we have, not only do we have this beautiful uh, activation between Neptune and Jupiter, and you have to remember that's, that activation is incredibly powerful and positive because, one, uh, Neptune is in rulership of Pisces. It's in its own rulership. It is sitting literally on the ascendant of the nation. And in trying to Jupiter, it's it's they're really communicating because Jupiter also is co-ruler of Pisces. And then Jupiter sits next to Mars and Mars is in rulership sitting in its own house. So there's a lot of power there. And when I take a look at those statements and notice that there's also this incredible sextile between Jupiter and Pluto in the 11th house. And Pluto is the co-ruler of the 8th house. So here, Pluto represents power, Pluto represents transformation, Pluto represents uh, surgery. So that sextile says that, you know, there is some kind of um, activity here that could bring opportunity, if we will take advantage of it, to empower us in, in, as a nation in the public's eye uh, to bring forward the information that's been hidden from us, to activate a transformation, to give us something that we have only dreamt of. This is really a statement like John Lennon. If he were standing next to me, he'd be saying, well, that's the house of dreams. That's the house of imagine, imagine a nation of laws that worked for the people. Yeah. I, I I get very frustrated <clears throat> watching the news and and how these these people who are in power are so tied to their political parties that they aren't really working for the people anymore. They're just being loyal you know. to their party and hoping they get reelected instead and of. That- yeah, you know, and, working and that's people. you know the the founding fathers uh, were totally opposed to there being two parties because by having two parties you have a power struggle and a power struggle does not 
feed the needs of the American people. It is not going to be subordinate to the needs of the American people. And that's why I have been saying for years and years, I am not a Democrat. I am not a Republican. I'm not an independent. I'm an American. Mm-hmm. You know, and that is how we have to start thinking. We cannot have people who say, well, I'm just going to vote down a party line. You don't vote a party line. You vote for people who are going to represent your community and the people in your community. And if the majority of the people in your community uh, don't think the way you do, then it's up to you to help persuade them or to learn why they think the way they do and maybe persuade yourself. Yeah. (laughs) But... uh, Another nice thing in this ingress chart is the fact that the moon is in Aquarius. Uh, the United States of America was born with the moon in Aquarius. And, um, and that's a, a lovely, you know, that is, that's the inventive moon. That's the moon that it says um, we, we as a people can think outside the box. We, we can invent something. We, we can create something out of nothing. And uh, the American way has pretty much been that. When you look at this nation, I think we've had more inventions come from America than probably anywhere else in the world. Not to say that other countries haven't taken what we started and turned it into something even better. But uh, we have been an incredibly creative nation, inventive. And um, the moon is not being aspected in any way that is just wonderful however it is being challenged and it is a direct challenge from mars and so here you have uh the need for freedom the need for revolution the desire to create a new world and that's for the people being challenged and it could be a challenge from uh, a military people or it just can be challenged by those in power with money and with resources and with connections and definitely of a male nature so well that's clearly defined it it just you know you look at you said that there hasn't been a um a pattern like this for a very long time I've never, ever, ever seen or read of any time in history where Saturn sat with the sun in the Capricorn ingress. Uh, If you think about what that astronomical um, possibility would be, it is truly, uh, you know, it's, it's easier, I think, to get, you know, three red sevens on your slot machine any day of the week. (laughs) <laughs> or maybe get the trifector. I don't know, but you know, when well, you think well, about it, you, you only get four ingresses a year, and uh, and to, and there's only one ingress in Capricorn, and there are Saturn moves at a rate of one to, one uh, sign every two and a half years. So for it to hit that zero right at that point in time. You can spin that wheel an awful lot and never get it. Yeah. It, it just, it's, it feels to me, I mean, well, with all of eternity, it must have happened before. Oh, yeah, I, I would think. But in recorded history, I don't think it has. Okay. And so, certainly in the, na- in, the, in, in the scoring of America, the United States of America, I don't think it has. I haven't looked at the 
French Revolution charts recently, but I know that a lot of our charts were really kind of pacing along with the French Revolution. Um, so I haven't looked at them recently to see. Well, given given all of these possibilities, it doesn't. It's not carved in stone. No, that's the key. You know, nothing is carved in stone. Remember, our states of consciousness bring in fully new pictures and new development to the way that uh, the planets in astrology work. So, you know, we go on past history. But as we evolve in consciousness, we change the way these patterns work. They still will have an intrinsic kind of effect but mm-hmm. how we mount that effect is different and uh, so I always suggest that we look for where is the good element in this what does this mean for us that will give us an outcome that will make us happy well you talked when we had that <clears throat> the eclipse you talked about mm-hmm. how yeah, yeah. It it really it, it set in motion a series of energetics that was going to quite be a, you know impacting this country especially for the next five and a half years. Yeah, and it does feel at, at least in 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 my in my experience opinion and whatever when when I do the um, forecasts. It it feels as though there there while there is a time of turmoil and and tribulation or you know uh, 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 upset, um, it it doesn't feel cataclysmic. It feels cleansing. It feels as though all right, this is a shakeup, and facades are broken, and people who have lied are 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 you know th- their truth comes into the light and it it's a time of yes a tremendous amount of upheaval and yet in that upheaval we we are clearing out those that um are are not serving the country they're serving themselves i i i totally am in total agreement with that you know, further looking, of course, this, this ingress chart has Mercury retrograde in it uh, at the 13-degree mark. Uh, and, of course, 13 is the number of transformation. It's the number that actually belongs to Pluto. And um, when we look at it, it's we have Mercury in Sag, 13 degrees retrograde, so it is making uh, an irritation to Pluto. It's irritating Pluto. It's making it stressful. So uh, public communication and worldwide communication, uh, how we are being talked about overseas or how the news is is being spoken about us uh, internationally, as well as issues of international travel are, are irritating and we are working towards transforming that in some way but it's not being done in a way that's easy or under easily understood so this could be an argument or a fight that's going on in a legal process regarding the freedom to travel uh, as well as communication about uh, what it is that we are transforming into so there's there's that statement going on in this chart as well 
Um, also, the fact that yeah, Mars is actually the ruler of the second house, and that's you know that's the house of the government. How, what, how much money does does our nation make? What is the GDP during the three month period? And uh, it's a twenty two degree mark, and Uranus is in that house, which means it's even though Uranus is in a nice trine to the midheaven, which says uh, we could have some really amazing ups. But uh, since Mars is in a, a challenging position to the moon, the American people may also have some really challenging downs. Um, so this is going to be an interesting period in terms of the ups and downs of our income. Um, 22 degrees of Aries says we have to master our ability to spend wildly, uh, so it means we need to learn not to do that um, because there's a sense of freedom to spend or to take action during this period. When we look at the house of investments, that's the moon that rules that, and that's what makes this combination a little uh, terrifying in that <laughs> Mars is square to the moon and that and but and Mars not only square to the moon uh, because it is uh, in what we call um, a semi-sextile to Mercury who is the natural ruler of uh, the markets uh, the stock market <clears throat> and this combination can be um kind of dangerous for the stock market it isn't a market that i would say anybody should be doing any big investing in because it's a pretty wild market from what i see here well when you talked about some of this stuff occurred in in 1930 1929 that of course was was when the stock market crashed yeah yeah but that's that's actually that's not in this ingress chart this is just the beginning <laughs> <laughs> that's coming up in October of this year. Uh, that's a ways down the road. And, um, yeah, it's a, it's an, another one of those phenomenons with Pluto. You know, America is, in, in our chart, we're, we're having a Pluto return, which is a very slow process, and it's active. And, and it's a, a statement that we have to redefine who we are. We have to come to an awareness we, we're transforming as a country. We have to grow up. Uh, we have to uh, recognize again or redefine who we are as a nation. What are we about? Who are we? What is the next 200 years going to be? What are we going to be in the next 200 years? America, uh, who is America? Uh, you know, we we call it the land of the home and the land of the free. Um, and the home of the brave. And the home of the brave. But uh, it's, is it going to be that in the next 200 years? Are we redefining it in some way? And that will be different. Well, I was seeing some of the states changing their borders. Yeah, you mentioned that. And... It really feels like like not only is that going to happen internally in the U.S. and and it it just feels as though California, you know, pops up here as though it it feels like it may be split into two or three states. You could easily do that, except that 
to create a state takes so much time and so much ratification. You know, you have to, what is it, 39 states have to ratify it? Um, and when you understand what that means, unless we are changing uh, the inherent understanding of the House of the Congress, the House and the Senate, the states that are in the middle of the country, Kansas, Iowa, Nebraska, Oklahoma, North Dakota, South Dakota, Wyoming, uh, those states are not going to want anything to do with that because that means that they have more competition uh, to get what they want. Right now, those states are are getting a larger say in the Senate than the entire state of California is getting. The entire state of California has two senators, and it has more people than all the states I just mentioned. Well, yeah, and... So their representation is not there in the Senate, and the Senate is the one who usually finishes up and makes the real legislation happen. The Congress enters it, but it's the Senate that defines it. Oh, I, I, I understand all that. Yeah. But I, but I still see states changing their borders. Well, I and think that that could happen, uh, but I think it's going to have to happen in alignment with uh, the American people um, changing the way we vote. Well, this I, I, voting system has to change. Oh, oh, yeah, no, that I'm sure is going to change. But I'm seeing some sort of national environmental disaster mm. that, wow. w- that will require a restructuring of the states. Mm. Not all of them, but some of them. And I don't know if it's the San Andreas fault or if it's the New Madrid fault or if it's the fault line that goes up the Hudson River or the one that's in the middle of the country. Well, not the middle, but, you know, there's yeah, San Andreas. Yeah, the, there's something you know, there's else. A, there's a fault line that goes down uh, along the Ohio River, I think, or it's is it the Ohio I, and then, then down along the Mississippi somewhere. That's the that's the New Madrid. Hmm. And the last time that went off in 18, 11, 12 in there someplace, it, it was um, considered a an eight or nine on the Richter scale. Mm-hmm. And if that and the Mississippi River ran backwards. Yeah, I remember that. So so it's it's a matter of I and and there's also Yellowstone. Well, yeah, that's that's the super quake if it happens. Well, there's a super volcano. Um, yeah. but but my feeling is that we will have an environmental problem. Not not war, but there will be there, there will be something that strikes this country that sends us into survival mode. Not not totally. I'm I'm not saying it's a, it's a I'm not, I'm definitely not seeing it's a, it's a, a a a plague or anything like that. I feel it's a natural occurrence that focuses the, the the people of this country on the need for change and the need for restructure. Mm. And I think that's what'll do it. Not 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 you know Rocket Boy over in North Korea though he may he may enter into it. Yeah, I you know 
as I look at the you know the four charts I have in front of me, uh, the chart that's coming up in March and the one that activates the Cancer ingress in June, and then the Libra one in September, and then the next Capricorn one, which is December of 2018. And I look at all of these charts. I I don't see an earthquake in these charts, so I don't think that's going to happen necessarily this coming year. So that's probably good news. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, I I I, <clears throat> I have to admit that that I have always felt that the major changes that are going to happen in this country are going to happen because of um, a natural disaster. Mm-hmm. Because when you when you see what happens to this country when there is a nat- natural disaster? And I'm not talking terrorists, but mm-hmm. but that that no, enters into natural. it too. No, yeah. no, not at all. But mm-hmm. but any anything major that happens in this country wipes away political systems, and everyone comes together. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's that's the key. I always see. Uh, the earth is having these kinds of disasters to bring people together and bring out the best in everyone. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and it always does. When I look at this year, what I think is most interesting at looking at all these four charts, uh, we start, of course, the one coming up, December 21st, we have Saturn. It's not real close to the midheaven, but it's in the 10th house. But when you look at the Aries chart, we have Saturn on the Descendants, we have it again on the Descendant in the June chart, we have it again on the Descendant in the next Capricorn chart, uh, the next, yeah, the next Capricorn chart, which is a year from this December. So there are three out of the four charts for this year has Saturn on the seventh house cusp. That is not an easy experience. That's a statement that says that um, our relationships are under siege. Uh, we are having responsibility issues. We are uh, any kind of partnerships we have. Uh, we're we're having difficulties with them. That is a hard hard thing to experience. Uh, the worst one is the one coming up under Aries which that's always like whenever we look at charts that is you know that was where the first shot of the american revolution took place that's so many of the wars that have taken place the first shots go off during the aries ingress and saturn and mars together on the seventh house cusp uh says there could be some kind of battle um so i'm i'm not real excited about that chart it is um, it is not I mean it doesn't have any other direct aspects that seem to give it a lot of bad news so it may be just a threat uh, it may be it's not it doesn't look like a bomb it just may be some other something else that's um, something that it has to do with firearms uh, could have to do with military could have to be government military mm-hmm. um, but it's it's something with partnerships that is it's not good and but we come out of it good so it has a beautiful trine to the moon so the American people will <clears throat> find something good in that experience they'll find a way to work with it 
<clears throat> but, uh, you know, when I look, I'm always looking to see first, you know, is there war? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I, I think there are wars, but I think that they're not the kind we're used to. They're not the military kind. They're more of a, of a consciousness war, of a, of a struggle between what we have been um, kind of, kind of programmed, a way of life we have been programmed to accept and understand, and stepping outside of the box into new chances and opportunities that are now open to us. And so there's a war of, you know, do I stretch myself? Do I, do I go outside the box or do I stay inside the box and, and hide my head? That's an interesting kind of war. <laughs> well, it, it, it's a consciousness. Versus, yeah. <clears throat> that was certainly has been a big debate for this country in every major event. Oh, absolutely. And 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 you know when you when you when you think about it, when you look at it, what what's happening is people are coming out of their apathetic comas and they're starting to to realize and, and accept and understand that you know, we we have so much more opportunity and and it's kind of like we we're getting to a place where we are beginning to um stretch ourselves into new directions and that's what it's what our culture has to do and if our culture doesn't do it then then we're sort of damned to repeat the same old garbage that we've done before and we don't want to do that i don't think no, and and we won't we won't <clears throat> you know when i look at uh, the libra ingress which is that period of time where Pluto will cross the ecliptic. It's the first time since 1930 that Pluto has crossed the ecliptic. And for people who don't know what in the world the ecliptic is, <laughs> it's actually an imaginary line if you can imagine the equator being extended out in space. We call that the ecliptic. And we use that to measure where the constellations are. And to measure uh, Paran lines, in other words, what's north, what's south of the equator. <coughs> and uh, when Pluto does do this, <clears throat> we the only reference point we have is the Great Depression. So that's kind of um, scary. But it's at the opposite side. It's not crossing the ecliptic where it did the last time. It's actually at the opposite side. So perhaps this is like a wormhole, and we're going to come out the other side of it. So I like to think positive about it. <laughs> yeah, me I, too. I don't. Um, Do you need I'm to looking, get some water here? <laughs> I know I'm really close to the edge here. <laughs> but um, when I look at this chart, I I'm not seeing that um, breakdown. So. As a matter of fact, I see some amazing things in that chart. There is a grand mystic, there is a great grand trine, and there's also what we call a mystic uh, rectangle. So there are some good things. The sun and Mercury are both in the fifth house, which is the house of investments, the house of the market. Mercury rules the markets, 
this doesn't look bad. Uh, it looks like there's a doorway to possibly um, revisit or reinvent uh, the markets in some way. And there is also a bit of a challenge with uh, perhaps mortgages or bankers or banking. Um, there is a bit of a challenge there. But uh, so, so we may be reworking something, but I don't see it necessarily falling through the ground with this particular combination. So that's nice to see when we have other things that are issues. Now, I'm now more you, cons- you, you've talked about trines and you've talked about oppo- – I've never heard a rectangle. What, what is the rectangle? Um, <clears throat> mystic rectangle is, a, is kind of this unusual – combination where you have uh, two planets or points that are in what we call a sextile. So they're 60 degrees apart, and that 60-degree activity uh, allows them to speak to each other and work together. It doesn't provide an actual opportunity. What it does is it basically says if you will take action based on these principles, you will create the opportunity. And then at the other end, there are, again, planets or points in a sextile. And between the two, then you have a trine. So it's kind of interesting. In this particular case, you have the north node in the third house. North node, again, is purpose during this period. It's still in Leo. (coughs) Then you have the sun and Mercury working with the north node saying... We could look at our future. We could look at our contracts. We may be able to rework our contracts by investing uh, investing in a co- good communication, good leadership skills, perhaps investing in our children, uh, using a social and creative process of mediation to communicate in a way that will allow us to go forward, to forge forward. And that's a fabulous thing. We're certainly missing that now. Mm-hmm. At the other end, of course, the south node is active, and the south node is active with Mars in Aquarius, and, uh, and it's in the ninth house, which is the house of the internet. It's also the house of legal procedure, as well as international relationships or uh, import-export, and it's active with another point in space, which is Chiron, <clears throat> miniature planet, dwarf planet, um, meteor, whatever you want to call Chiron. Chiron is about where we're most wounded and where we have the opportunity to, through our lessons, uh, heal ourselves and thus heal others. So that sextile says uh, a revolution regarding uh, war, regarding legal process. Legal process, this is also where the Congress and the Senate are in that that ninth house. So... um, there is a statement that past experience, what we bring from the past experience of revolution, of breaking free in the past, we have the opportunity to heal ourselves and then go forward in a new way uh, to proceed uh, aggressively for the dream that we wish to create. So that's a, a wonderful statement. And then when you come back and you say, well, there is this beautiful trine going between Chiron and the North Node, it's saying if we will take this action to heal ourselves, to um, understand, to cooperate, and to uh, think outside the box, 
we will push ourselves forward into the position of leadership where we belong through contracts and through communications interpersonally. This is not with the world so much as it is with each other. And that, of course, the, the other trine is from the south node and Mars to the sun and Mercury. And that's, you know, saying we have the opportunity now to uh, have communication that is balanced, uh, that mediates with the Congress and the Senate and with perhaps other nations because there is import-export involved here uh, to understand how to make investments that will allow us to do it in a fashion that is both fair and profitable. Hmm. So that's that's quite a, a quite a lovely mark in that chart, and that's in the Libra ingress. And to think that at the same time that that is going on, we have this Pluto crossing the ecliptic. So it will be interesting. I have not done. Um, I have not looked at who is parallel at that time to see if there's any other implications that are being missed here, but. Those are really nice statements. Oh, they're amazing. And, you know, that there's so much going on. Yeah, and it's not without a challenge. I mean, Saturn is involved here uh, in a T-square to the Sun, to Mercury, and to Chiron. So Saturn, and Saturn again is back in the eighth house here like it is in the ingress that's coming up. Uh, So it's saying old money. Old people, (laughs) old ways of doing things, the cronyism, the old cronies uh, will challenge all of this. Uh, They will challenge it by holding back money. They will challenge it by not giving loans. They will challenge it by uh, not letting um, the young people or the inventors have what they need. But that doesn't mean they won't get what they need. It just means that they'll be challenged to get it. They need to find a different place for it, you know? I mean, they came up with Bitcoin, didn't they? So, take another step. <laughs> yes. we're, we're looking at strong potential for especially the next year, even though there's upheaval. Yeah, you know, it's always fascinating how we do this. You know, the more upheaval, the more potential. <laughs> it, it's, it's the yin-yang, which is the story of the lower worlds. Here we are in a place where the brighter the light, uh, the more we see all that is dark. So it's where we are, and uh, the light will get brighter, and eventually what will happen over time uh, is that the darkness will also get lighter as we get brighter. And uh, so it will eventually clear up to a greater degree. And, um, you know, it's women who are bringing it together. This activity with Jupiter and Scorpio, this is a huge, you know, a huge statement. The fact that Saturn is in Capricorn while Jupiter is in Scorpio. This is a combination that uh, allows for us, uh, for women, to be seen, be heard, and to have the law stand up for them. Uh, That's kind of a rare combination. And uh, so we'll go forward and it's going to continue. I think it will continue to expand. And uh, 
Yes, yeah, the ancients said, you know, women, when they get together, we will have peace. And we're seeing uh, a clearing out of the old guard. And that's what this upheaval is. It's uh, <clears throat> a lot of uh, the male energy, the patriarchal energy that wants to stay in control and stay in power. It's being ousted. And... Uh, I think we're going to see more and more of that over the the next few years, but especially over this year. Well, I really hope so because you know there there's been so much um, <clears throat> gosh, I don't know what to call it a restriction. There's been so much um, you know women are are as we did once rule the earth, you know. Um, yeah, well, it was a really long time ago. It's not in recorded <laughs> history. That is a long time ago. Yeah, and, and it know. was bloody, and we went to war. I mean, we weren't perfect, but but for for me, you know, they've they've often they used to say, well, women women were too hormonal; they couldn't possibly make you know the kind of decisions that were required. And and the reality is, um, hormones are not bad. <laughs> <laughs> you know the whole whole that whole thing is such a long story it, you know women ruled in the early stages because man did not understand where children came from and they saw women as the gods that created children yeah. they didn't make the connection and then when science kind of came in and they started to make the connection then they subverted that's when they began to pin women down and use women and abuse women and make women subordinate at every level. And, uh, and of course, when you have an imbalance as we've had, the, the balance when women ruled, there's less likelihood of the depth of war that you have seen or torture because women naturally – have a tendency to want to care for others mm -hmm. it's something that's innate that's what motherhood is and that's what those good hormones are about <laughs> and not to say there aren't times when they're rampant but but men are are born with an aggressive gene and that 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 aggressiveness is the way that they're supposed to protect the rest of the uh the rest of the group or the rest of the tribe and uh, so we need a balance between the two but at this point in time the women have to step forward and claim their right to rule and you know it's only been what it hasn't even been a hundred years since women have been freed from the shackles of being property All so right. We're we're making advancement, and, and certainly, and there are many many countries still in the world where women are still still property. So, we've got a lot of lot of work ahead of us, but we're making headway. Uh, you know, some years ago, I saw uh, a video that was taken. I think it was in Afghanistan, and uh, in it, there were trucks. Um, military vehicles approaching and guys with with guns weapons drawn and this little girl she must have been four years old ran out in front of them and started yelling at them <laughs> it, was, it was the most remarkable video i have ever seen 
<laughs> to think that a, a child of maybe four years old would run out and have a few words to say to these people and say, you shouldn't be doing that. The power of the soul in that little body was just, to me, a statement of what's to come. Well, I agree with you on that. I, I do feel that, but but it has to be a balance, not one ruling exactly. another. And and it, it just, to me, my feeling is that, that as far as a governing body in this country, it, it, it has, I, I would rather see a committee rather than a sole single singular leader. Well, I, I, I don't disagree with that at all. You know, I've, I've said for years, the problem is till you have people who are truly have the interest of the nation at heart and are truly willing to cooperate, not interested in power or greed, you can't really have a committee. Yeah, and, and you know, that old saying, too, that, that absolute power corrupts absolutely. And and I think that from from what I've seen, you know, there are people that, that are, are in the service of the country that have been serving in con- Congress and the House for 40 and 50 years. That That's just it's, way too much. It's, it's it, term limits. We, we had a whole big fight about term limits, but I guess it didn't get through in many places. And it is it is a crime. Uh, people, there are people who are good people who are serving and, and and serving long terms. But the problem with serving for a very long time is that you have an old way of thinking, and we need new ways of thinking. You know, we need to allow younger people to come in with new thoughts and new ways to reflect the states of consciousness that are changing. Absolutely. So, um, I, you know, I, I don't know if, if they should make it, you know, I'm in my 70s now, and I think I'm as sharp as I ever was, maybe even more so. But but I, I do believe that, you know, 75, 80, tops 80, um, should be the cutoff point. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where to put it, but I will say this. I mean, because you maybe you'll have a very young seventy-year-old who decides I want to go into service, and it never served before. So I don't. I don't want to just say an age, but I think that we have to stop the good old boy system, which okay, then, unfortunately then term limits. Then term limits. That's why term limits is a good thing because what happens is. These people get in and they have friends and they're going to do it this way for him and he's going to do it this way for her. And and you end up with uh, a consistent play that is not to the benefit of the people they represent. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I, I, I totally agree with you. And, and I think that it should be, I guess, the popular vote. But well, that's that's you know that's what I said the last time we were we were together. What I see the future is an individual vote. Every individual will have a vote, and every individual vote will be equal. And none of this electoral college, none of this gerrymandering for district. Yes, within the state, you may have districts where you vote for your Congress in that state, your state legislator, but for the country. When you are voting for uh, for a president, 
or a vice president, you should have it direct vote for every single person in the country so they're all equal so that the state of uh, California and the state of Wyoming have no reflection on their square miles but simply every American has an equal voice that's what we need and that's of course what the popular vote is Mm -hmm. but we need it to do it without this gerrymandering of district we need to go beyond that. But I think we also, to- <clears throat> also, you, I, I agree with that. But at the same time, I think you have to, you should have to be a U.S. citizen. Well, of course, I, you, you, the right to vote comes with being a U.S. citizen. And and so many that that aren't do vote. Well, I don't know that. I I don't see how they do that. I don't understand that. Puerto Rico, they're not U.S. citizens. No, they are U.S. citizens. Everyone in Puerto Rico is a U.S. citizen. Everyone in Guam is a U.S. citizen. And the United States Post Office works in all of those places. Uh, They're all U.S. citizens, but they are not – they do not have a state. The people in Washington, D.C. are U.S. citizens, but that's not a state either. That's true. That's, that's true. That's a federal uh, region. I think what, what bothers me is this last election. Um, prisoners were pardoned or set free so that they could vote. Um, yeah, that's, that's I mean, off the charts. I don't even understand that. You know, I can see if you've done your time and – you know, and we all agree that it's okay for people to have their right to vote back because they did their time, then we should do that. Uh, in some places, I don't know that that's allowed. I don't know what the laws are for for uh, penalizing people who've been in prison. If there's different degrees of crime and as a result of that, the right to vote is eliminated. Because I think in federal crimes, you will eliminate the person's right to vote. Whereas in um, civil cases or in local state state crime, I don't think you do. I don't know all the law, though. Yeah, I don't either. But it just seemed to me that, that there were people – that dead people were voting. Well, I don't know how that is possible. <laughs> how did they sign their name? <laughs> well, I, I, can t- I know one dead person that for sure voted, and that was Patrick. We had absentee ballots, and he voted, and he died before the election. Oh, well, that's – that's well, that I, I, I don't think in a case like that that should be I, something we should penalize anyone for because, I mean, if no. the man died during the election <laughs> and voted, dear God, I don't think we can keep up with all of that. But And that's one person. But the thought that someone would steal someone's identity and use that to vote uh, so they get more votes, that should be illegal. And it is illegal, actually. There were people that voted in a number of different states. Well, again, those people should be – that's a federal crime. That's not just – that's across the states, so that's a federal crime. I I think, you know, the whole system needs to be reworked because it is – Yeah, and that's what I see happening. We have to rework the system. You know, the state of Oregon, we have, in my opinion, there's only two states like us. I think the other one may be Delaware. 
where we we mail in our ballots. There's no standing in line. You don't have to go anywhere. They mail you a ballot. They mail you a booklet. It explains everything, and it gives you some information about every person. And and you fill it out at home. You put it in an envelope, and you can either drop it off in one of the many ballot boxes that are usually in front of the police stations or the courthouse, or you put it in the mail. Mm-hmm. And you have to sign it. And if you don't remember to sign the outside, uh, they'll send it back to you if there's enough time or they'll call you when you can come down and sign it. But they do look at the signatures and uh, and they do make sure that your signature matches. If it doesn't, they call you. But there's it's the amount of money we save in this state compared to other states who buy all this fancy stuff. And then they have to have people stand in line to get in to vote. That's ridiculous. And that's that, again, is a political thing. It's mm-hmm. not about what the needs of the people are and how to keep the budget down. That's a political thing because they know if they put less voting booths in this area because there's more of that party there, they they will end up with less votes, you know, so they control that. And that's wrong. Whereas in the state, everybody who is registered to vote will get a ballot in the mail. Now, astrologically speaking, it it feels like the government is going to be reorganized to me. And it feels like they're doing it a little bit at a time now, but it feels like it's going to escalate over the next three to five years. Yes, I believe that is the case. That's why we're we're having a Pluto return, and and that's what the Pluto return is about. It's a complete re. It's kind of like uh, the phoenix rising from the ashes. That's what we are in the process of doing. And you have to understand, we're also at a point in time where it's time to renovate the system. Our technology has gone miles beyond the system that we created without that technology. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's why, you know, I expected to go to a vote from your your telephone because once there is serious facial recognition, people will not be able to copy your face. There will be a lock on it. There are already locks on almost all, all the new uh, fancy phones that are coming out have a visual lock. So if it's not your face using that phone, the phone doesn't work. Uh, that can be – that will become more – sophisticated as the years go by and that can be our mechanism for having an individual vote at a federal level and then who you know you can't get a dead person you have to go dig him up and try to get his face to move (laughs) and that isn't going to work this is is true what what is what's going to happen with the ecology though with 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 you know jobs and and things like that well, you know, we're moving into – there are so many people in this country who want to see a resurrection of the things that, you know, they used to know. That That isn't going to happen. That I listened to NPR today and there was a woman there talking about how, you know, in Roanoke, Virginia, they used to have textile factories. And, and she actually bemoaned the fact that she worked in one for, what, 30 years <laughs> and she wished they would come back. And uh, they're not going to come back. What's happening around the world is a change in terms of uh, how income is is being leveled. Uh, In order to have this interglobal action, eventually the monetary systems will have to level out. 
right now we have um, exploited countries where their money is so much less value than ours that we can go in and we can pay them five cents an hour and that's enough for them to have a house and to have food. You can't pay anyone in the United States five cents an hour. No. And they would just die. So so, so we exploit these other countries. Well, eventually those countries get richer and those countries will come up to speed. And when they do, then you start to have a level playing field. And then uh, we're also moving into robotics and that's what's happening more than anything in this country. You're going to see more and more and more robotics till we become a system where money is no longer an issue. That's where we're moving to. And, of course, that's going to obliterate the issues of greed the way we've known it. Money, when we get into a system where the nation has a GDP based on robotics more so than human service, then everyone in the country will have an income based on the GDP, which is leveling, again, the playing field. So everything is switching, and how we get through that switch is a bit of turmoil, to say the least, because most people don't understand where it's going, and most of us don't like change because it's scary. Oh, geez, yeah. Well, what happens to the lower class then? Because Well, eventually the lower class will become part of uh, all of America. It will become part of middle America. What's going to happen over the next few years, however – at the rate things are looking um, is we're really, really going to see more and more homeless people and uh, eventually reality will hit and we will change that pattern. But uh, compassion, uh, the people in our Congress right now, both the House and the Senate, have forgotten compassion. They call themselves Christians, but that's a word to them. It's, it's not who they are. They've lost their way. Well, you know, I Trump Trump talked about putting the coal miners back to work. <laughs> and, I'm sorry. And when you, when you look at the conditions in which they worked and the danger in which mm-hmm. they worked. And, uh, and, coal, and the fact that robots can do just about everything that they used to do, pretty much. But what happens to them then? I they mean, have to be moved into a new profession. That's They have to be trained, and that's what we as a nation are supposed to be doing. What would I do if I were in the Congress, you know, if I was in the Senate, if I was in the Congress introducing legislation? I'd be looking to see where where we have lost production. And what can we introduce there? We have a lovely lady here here in Douglas County. Douglas County, where I live in Oregon, this was a huge timber county. That's where all the money was made was with timber. And then, you know, they came in and they says, no, you can't do timber anymore. And uh, so we're very limited in how much timber is done. So the mills shut down and a lot of people left the county. And you see almost old people for the most part because the young people have gone because there's no income. Mm-hmm. And there's a lovely lady here who says, we need to move into a green county. We have to become a green county. And she is working very hard to try to get us to be a county where we make solar panels, we build solar buses, uh, we start building the kinds of things 
they may include robots. Uh, we build the kinds of things that the country needs. That's what we need to be doing. That's the kind of int- legislation we should be introducing, not saying we're going to go back to coal mining. Coal mining is dirty. In China, coal mining is what turned Beijing into what you see there. It's oh, burning yeah. of coal. They have changed that. They're moving ahead of us into the world of solar at a rate that is unbelievable. And we're we're sitting here talking about opening up coal mines again. No, we should be looking. Anyone who would have gone to Virginia should have been saying, here is a great new opportunity. When I get in, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to provide monies for this area for you guys to be re-educated. And you'll have your pick of a whole assortment of things that are going to be valuable jobs from now into the next 30 years into the future so that you will be able to make a living to support your family and keep your head proud. We want every American to be proud of themselves and their family. We all want the same thing. We want to know that we're loved and we want to take care of the people we love. Well, that's not true. That's true. It's not so much to ask for, but we, we have to not be afraid of change. We fear losing our jobs, and then we're, how will we take care of our families? Instead, our government, the people are supposed to have foresight. That's why we, those are the kind of people we should be electing, people with foresight who can say, well, here's the way the economy is changing. We need to go in this direction. How can we provide the education, the technical uh, backgrounds for people in our areas to grow into this? That's what we need to do, not try to resurrect something that is not only bad for the environment, but it's bad for people. It was bad when they were doing it. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's terrible, dangerous work. There are lots of humans there who have black lung diseases. It's horrible. It's all they it's, know, though. It, but that's why you say, no, we're going to teach you something else and you'll learn it. We have to honor they, people in their intelligence. Didn't they have programs like that and the people refused them? I have not heard that they had any programs like that that the people refused. Uh, I can't see why anyone would refuse the opportunity to be able to make a good living. People don't refuse stuff like that. They may be afraid that they can't do it, but if there is encouragement and there, and just one or two of their friends start doing it and start doing well, they'll jump in. Well, I, I, I do. I remember hearing some of those people talk and they, you know, it was, this is what I've done my whole life. This is what my father did. This is what I yeah, want to yeah. do. That's and, why you have to have good people who come in who understand how to train others so that they can get beyond those fears. You know, you know George Washington, he used a musket. Would he use a musket today? No, <laughs> it's it's we have to move forward and we just have to help others understand how to do that. And a kind heart, a compassionate heart can do that. The problem that we have is there are people we're not funding the kind of kind of groups that can go in that can help people. And we have to do that as a nation. We have to fund 
And, you know, instead, what are we doing with this tax bill? This is the dangerous thing. What we're doing is so dangerous. It's going to kill my husband. My husband will be murdered because of this tax bill if it goes through and stays put. Uh, my husband will die. And I know that. And it terrifies me. And there's nothing I can do. Why will he die? Because he gets Medicare that gives him an infusion every other month that keeps him alive. And those infusions cost $30,000. There's no way we can afford that. We can go completely bankrupt, but eventually we won't have enough money to keep him. And he will die, and then I'll live under a bridge. (laughs) You know? No, I won't live under a bridge. I'm always very capable of doing something. Yeah. But my husband isn't the only one in the crosshairs. Starting in uh, January, if this goes through, they're going to be stop funding anybody getting chemotherapy. But Anyone who right away. now is getting chemotherapy is going to die. They're just basically saying it's okay. Kill these people. Well, this is the tax program? Yeah, you don't know what's in that tax bill. My sister reads every line and then she calls me and explains it to me. Yeah. That is frightening. It's terrifying. It's terrifying to think that we could have people in our Congress and Senate sign a 20,000-page bill that they have not read. 20,000 pages. I thought it was 400. No, it's 20,000. That's what they said. I saw them on TV with the stack. It was a lot more than 400 pages. Wow. That's... That's even 400. Even if it were 400, they still wouldn't have read it. They, they have not had a single hearing on this bill. They have not opened it to the floor for Americans to come in and say, well, I'm concerned about this part of it. The, that's the, what we call normal order, and there is no normal order. And, and this is really a gift to the wealthy. My taxes will go up, and I don't make a lot of money. <laughs> I don't make $30,000 in a year. Okay, uh, according to according to Google, it's five hundred and four pages. Okay, that isn't what the guy said. So he was maybe exaggerating when he said what he said last night. Yeah, a huge stack. But that's not the first time they've done that. You know, back in the time when uh, Clinton was president, uh, they had a two thousand page bill that they passed in a few hours. Oh, it's not wow. the first time. This is not the, the first time we've done something horrible. But that's why we need to change our system because this shouldn't be happening to the American people. They should have a say in what in the world these guys are doing. It's our money. <laughs> yes, that's true. Well, with with all of the, the things that you've seen, isn't the potential for 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 that kind of change, isn't that? definitely out there i mean isn't it possible i believe believe it is more than out there it's definitely out there and it's going to happen but we have to live through the experiences till we get there it's going to be a tough time that's for sure it does feel as though um you know there's still hope they you know they haven't actually passed that bill yet um but nonetheless uh if there is a change in um control of the senate next year Mm -hmm. uh, it's possible that they can reverse some of that pull out redact the things that need to be removed from it so you know nothing's written in stone but 
the yeah. key is for the American people to wake up and, and start reading the bills themselves. Not that we've had a headway on this one because it's not like you could just run in and have enough time to even read it and digest it. Most of us no. don't have that kind of time. I mean, my sister's retired, so she's managed to do a lot and she's diligent. Yeah, I have a good friend that, that really does do all of this and, and she reads everything. And, and you know, every time, every now and then I will say something and she'll say, no, that's not what it says. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> My sister does the same thing. They keep us straight, so that's good, you know. Absolutely. But we, you know, I, on Facebook, you know, I have, I put something up, I don't know, it's probably eight months ago, and, and one, of, one of the people who followed me says, well, how do you know that that's true? And how do you know when they're lying? And I said, the one thing you can always do is go to the Federal Register. Everything that is put into law, everything that is said that will have an impact on the American people is written in the Federal Register. Ah. So if somebody's telling you something and it's not there, then what they're telling you is not true. <laughs> so, I, so I told her and I gave her the link. And that's important for us to know where can we really find the facts because – with Neptune doing everything that it's doing, where it gets on our ascendant or it gets at the midheaven or wherever it's traveling and it's interfering, it's creating illusion. And we don't know if the news is real or it isn't real. And we have to do our own due diligence. But that's part of the journey of consciousness because we must learn to be responsible for ourselves. Absolutely. Now, that doesn't mean you can't activate in a tribe. You know, my sister is part of my tribe, so she will do the due diligence, and I can call her and say, "What did you find?" Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and she'll tell me. Well, so. and and I think that that one of the things that is so important is, and and again, we had been lulled into this apathy, this apathetic coma, mm-hmm. and and people are beginning to wake up. I know that when I hear something on the news. I, I sit down and I check it out and I go and I look and I read and and more often than not thank you more often than not um, you know I find that what what has been reported on the news is not the whole truth well that's that's the problem you know when I used to do the news, what I did was I gathered the facts and then I gave them to the public and I let the public put the facts together. They don't do that anymore. They have editorial content and a slant. So they give you the parts of the puzzle that are the slanted part. And if you only digest from a certain news source, you're getting that slant all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's why I know I, I can stand in a group with people who are pro-Trump and other people who are completely opposed to Trump. And I want to love every single person in that group, no matter what their opinions are, because I honestly don't believe any of us <laughs> have 100% knowledge of what the heck is going on. Oh, But it, I do yeah. know that every one of these people wants the same thing I want. Well, that's that's what is so important that that well, I think first of all, news reporters used to used to have to have three 
confirmed sources before they mm-hmm. reported anything to the public. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that used to be what newspapers said, three confirmed, you know, sources. Mm-hmm. And, and that's out, that's out uh, I mean, with, with the fact that, that we have um, live TV now and people can, can get uh, a rumor and a lie, and it suddenly is broadcast over national TV, and then you know somebody has to back it up and say, no, that's not what was said, or that's and, not. And the of case. course, anytime you do a, a redact where you you you're going to say that's not true, and we we're taking that back, only a small percentage of people will even hear that part. Yeah. And now we live in a time where uh, Neptune, as I said, is so active, Russia. And North Korea are, and who knows how many other places are are filling our internet waves with information that isn't true. Mm-hmm. And so, if you go look on there, and a friend of yours has has thought it was true, and they send it to you, you say, "Oh, well, my friend said this is true; it must be true." And then you send. I can't tell you how many times I've gotten things from friends, and I had to write him back and said. You know, that is not actually true. (laughs) And uh, it would be really good. Here's the source where you can go look and read what the truth is. And uh, and then then I asked them very politely to please make sure you send that note to everyone that you sent it to so that they know it's not true. And I do that even though it takes time because if we don't stand up and speak, we confirm what we do not speak of. Mm-hmm. And we should never do that. So even if it's two in the morning and I just want to go to bed and I get one of those, I stop and I do it. I can't allow my friends or anyone to that I come in contact with to be told something that I know is false. Yeah, and it doesn't every- mean I won't make mistakes, but I, you know, I have an obligation to the oh, truth. Yeah. And and every now and then, you know, it, it just is so juicy. You just hope it's true. And <laughs> <laughs> oh, I really don't like those ones. <laughs> no, but, but you know, there there are there are times when it's like, oh, there is justice in the universe, and then you find that. <laughs> No. <laughs> I mean, there is justice and balance in the universe. There absolutely is. It just sometimes takes a lot longer for it to appear. And, and you know, you want to know what the truth is. And, and you know, there, there are so many aspects of what's going on today that I just want to know the truth. And. Yeah. And it's like an onion. You get some facts and then you peel it away and then there are different facts that, that, that you know, uh, come into play. And, you know, there's so much secrecy and there's so much subterfuge and there's so much conspiracy going on here in this country. I mean, this country is one of the greatest mysteries ever. <laughs> now we have Scorpio rising. That kind of says it all. We are a country that uh, is seen a lot of the time as our sun sign by so many nations uh, because we 
we do go in and we do nurture other countries because as individuals, we are nurturers. Mm-hmm. We do fit our sun sign, which is cancer. And we want to take care of the children of the world and we want to take care of those who are in trouble or in need. But our ascendant says we'll have a lot of secrets. We will keep the secrets and we want the power. So it's it's a real kind of balancing act for us as a nation to find that sweet spot. You know, and we can't... What- we can't obviously give away all our technical secrets, but we can certainly help others with whatever in whatever way we can. But but it gets to the point where um, you you keep so many secrets that you can't be truthful, and when the, well, when the- that's- <laughs> That's, that's why Jupiter is in Scorpio right now with Saturn and Capricorn. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I really think that, that, you know, we've come to overload. and yes. and We have it, to clean it up now. I mean, you know, a guy's a hero because he does something. And then he's a traitor. And then he's a hero. And then he's a traitor. And what the heck is he? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think once you're a traitor, you're pretty much a traitor. Um I don't know. I mean, it would take a while for you to really come back to be the hero. Well, and, but and we are we are complicated. We're soul driven, and uh, we are complicated. So, where someone can be a traitor in one area of their lives, they could certainly be a hero saving the child in the well. You know. Mm-hmm. But what what about all of this sexual stuff that's coming out now. I mean, it's always been going on, but suddenly everybody's shocked by it. But it's been going on for decades, probably centuries. Well, it has been going on for centuries. You know, I'm sure you were harassed in the workplace at some point in time. I'm sure you had those kind of experiences. I've certainly had all kinds of experiences in my life, fortunately, I've always valued myself enough that I've always never allowed it to go anywhere. I've always stepped away, including quit jobs because of it. But but I've always gained a lot of respect from people. So I've been very fortunate that way. Well, yes, but not everybody's in that position. And I know. It's you know, it's like my husband said, and that girl probably, you know, she probably has a kid at home and how can she give up that job? Yeah. And uh, and that's just, it's, I know, I, I remember years ago telling uh, a woman who was the manager of the uh, shop that I contracted with, <clears throat> and I, I said, you, you know, this man is abusing you, and you need to stop allowing him to abuse you. She says, well, what am I supposed to do? I said, stand up to him. I said, and if you can't and you want us to back you up, I, I can tell you right now, I can get everybody here who's contracted to stand up and say, we'll all walk out with you. And that's what it came to. <laughs> we all did. <laughs> she finally said she had enough and we all quit. He had no one in the place. There was no one working his place. Wow. You know, but he went on. He was just really a criminal. So, Well, you, you know, I, I think that there's so much stuff like that coming into the light that that you do begin to wonder about our society. Well, it's okay. 
you know, it's okay. It's the patriarchal society that has to be uh, changed. We have to turn the lights on. We have to recognize that there, this is happening all over and people that you may have idolized uh, are complicit. And, uh, and we have to get to a point where we say that is not going to be allowed anymore. As a nation, we have to stop it. I, I think, you know, one of, the, one of the women on one of the shows said every time they take a man out for doing that in the Congress or the Senate, they need to replace him. It should be a rule they replace him with a woman. <laughs> and I thought, that's a good rule. I like that one. <laughs> it, it, well, yeah, but women are also guilty of this, too. I'm sure they are. I haven't met any personally, but uh, I'm sure they are. But it's really what we're facing right now is the issues of a patriarchal society changing. Uh-huh. And, uh, and we have to look at it everywhere so that it can come to an end uh, until we can actually say we will not allow this anymore. And I don't know when that's going to be because the President of the United States – you know, if you go to the records, <laughs> this man has paid people off because he's done stuff. And any man who would be running a beauty contest and ogling at the women in their bathing suits or not wearing anything for that matter, um, he's, he's, not, he's not the kind of person who has the kind of ethics who should be at the hierarchy of a nation so that the young people have someone to look up to. Well… He also did, I mean, I, I can't make excuses for him because I don't know him personally. But I do know that, that he appears to be behaving in a very ethical manner at this moment in time. I don't know. I don't know either. I mean, I can only speak <laughs> I don't from, know. <laughs> I you know. have no idea. I mean, when you look at the Congress and the Senate, you might say the same thing about most of the people there because they do appear <laughs> to be acting in an ethical manner at, at most of the time until we hear something. <laughs> until so. the women come out of the woodwork. and you yeah, know. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, ho- I hope so. Well, I, I, you know, I, I keep looking at a lot, a lot of the stuff that's going on around, and and all I can think of is, you know, in my younger years, I did things that I wasn't proud of. I don't, I didn't break the law, but, but you know, I, I was not perfect either, and, you know, I, I think you ask a question. You know, uh, who is? <laughs> I don't think I don't think we have any anyone who is perfect. If we did, they probably wouldn't be human. You know what? What, what was the saying that he who is with us then cast the first stone? First stone, yeah. yeah. So, but yeah. but no, it's it's it. We're coming into a time that is so fascinating. In in that we are at a breaking point, and and things are beginning to crumble and. There's a whole new organization that's going to start, and and hopefully, oh my God, hopefully it's going to be better than than what we have now. But 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 you know, it's got to come down in other in order to go up. Have you looked ahead past that five and a half year mark? I mean, does it look like we bring things together in say ten years or whatever? I haven't actually looked at that, you know, but we can do that. Maybe the next time we get together, I'll give you some 
some positive things that I'll find. Um, I haven't looked that far. I do know that, you know, Mars, of course, is retrograde in our chart right now. And um, Mm -hmm. that calls for infighting. And when it goes direct, we'll get past that. But that's not like like till like 2036 or something. So it's it's a long ways off. Yeah. And uh, it stays retrograde that long. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. In the U.S. chart. Yeah. I did not realize a retrograde it's, went it's, in that long. Yeah, it's not a, it's, you're talking about a progressed chart. I'm talking about the progressed. Okay. Progressed chart, uh, a planet only moves one degree a year. Oh, my gosh. So, if a planet is retrograde for three months, that's 90 years. Holy macro. Yeah. It just, it just you know, I, I, you gave a time frame of five and a half years and, and then things will will start to get better. I guess is 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 basically what you were saying that that we should be through the worst of the storm. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, five and a half yeah. years, you know, sounds like a long time, but it isn't necessarily that long. No, no, it's it's you know, it's not even two presidencies. You know, five and a half years. We we uh, we're moving at a really rapid pace where we are now and and I really do believe that these charts that I look at have the ability to um, I wish I could show what you I see instead of this flat chart sitting on a piece of paper I see them in a silver matrix rising above that chart and I see the people starting to move into taking these images and creating a higher state of consciousness for the outcomes. So I know that's happening and that's why I'm very careful when I speak about things that are challenging in the charts because I believe we're at a point where manifestation is more under our control than it has ever been before. Oh, yeah. So let yeah. us let us together work on that manifestation. Let us work on it. Yes, we, we're going to have some tumultuous times uh, because we are recreating ourselves. But let us do our best to hold the vision of what we want to create so that we'll get there together and we'll do it in the best possible way. Well, I, I know... Um, Billy Meyer. Are you familiar with him? Uh, that name is real familiar, but I'm not sure. He's a um, Norwegian farmer who um, has been in contact with extraterrestrials since he was a young child. Okay. And, and they they have given him predictions. Oh. And, and basically, um, he talked about 800 years of strife. And then things were going to get better. Now, now I, I tend to think that it can't possibly go on that long. <laughs> well, it's been going on for thousands of years. Yeah, but I wouldn't say. 4,000 years ago, we had a lot of slavery going on. And, uh, and I understand today we still have slavery going on. Yeah, we do. But it's a smaller percentage. And uh, so 800 years is a long time. But I think you know we'll we'll move through it in a more rapid way 
if you think 800 years compared to 4,000, that's not that long, you know. No, it, having, you know in my having, lifetime, it does. I mean, you Well, know. yeah, but then our lifetimes are supposed to expand, too. We're supposed to move into what these organisms were originally designed to go. The distance was 900 years. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we have shortened it, and through society's belief systems, we've come to agree to it. And so we have a natural agreement that when I reached a certain age, you know, my mother died, then my father or my grandma, whatever, um, I probably will only live that long. And so we put that into our belief system and and we uh, shorten, shorten the term. Mm-hmm. We don't have to do that. We can change it. But well, there's a lot of factors involved with making that change. It's, oh, my gosh, yes. But, you know, having... Having an understanding as to the potentials that are out there, the opportunities that are out there, the the potentialities that are out there is really very encouraging. I mean, yeah, um, there's going to be turmoil, but it, it's going to lead to a much brighter future. Well, you know, we're... We're investigating the brain now, and I've been told that uh, we're going to get to a point where we understand enough of the brain that uh, we can change it. We'll understand where areas are locked on the brain. For example, mass murderers can have locks on their brains in certain areas, and we'll be able to, through electrical frequency, fix that. It may be a combination of magnetics and electrical frequency will be able to fix it so that they don't have that lock anymore and they won't be mass murderers. When we start changing uh, doorways, opening up doorways so people can meet their full potential, it's going to bring more harmony and more peace and more balance. Well, that's encouraging. Mm-hmm. And and I think that, that you know, when you when you look at all the positive things that you talked about earlier. I mean, the doorways opening. Um, the one thing that, that you, you, know, you didn't mention that I'm kind of curious about because everybody talks about extraterrestrials. Um, mm-hmm. Was there anything there about, about alien, uh, not inter- intervention, but, um, you know, contact? I think I think there's there's always that in there, and with Neptune in Pisces activated by Jupiter, which I did mention a couple of times, and uh, actually when I I'm staring right now at the Cancer ingress coming up June 21st, we have this incredible um, grand trine with Neptune at the midheaven, Jupiter, Neptune, and Mercury. <laughs> Talking about it, extraterrestrial contact. That's that's a that's what it is. It's a doorway if you were looking at it from that point of view. If you were looking at it from a more religious perspective, you might say there's going to be some great uh, revelation uh, could come through this combination. Uh, there's a lot of ways. Like I said, everything has a number of pictures. And uh, when we look uh, through the filter of extraterrestrials, Jupiter is very important and so is Neptune. And if you're looking for communication, Mercury must be involved. So here is a beautiful doorway. Because, you know, I I see interdimensional travel here. I see interdimensional connections opening Mm -hmm. up. Well, we we have them. They're happening even as we mm -hmm. speak. The individual is open to it. I know, you know, I've had all kinds of experiences in my life that I could go into, but I don't 
you know, don't usually talk about. So, um, but when you're open to it, just make sure that you're open to the light as you're going because not all ETs are, are nice. Yes, um, <laughs> this is true. Well, like, like most people, you know, not everybody is. Um, mm-hmm. The majority are uh, of a higher state of consciousness, so the majority of them are mm-hmm. here in a helpful stance. And there are probably about 81 of them, as I understand it, who are uh, watching this planet and what goes on here and available uh, to interface with those who were seated here by their ancestors. Mm-hmm. And um, so they're here because this planet and this solar system is part of an ecosystem. And this planet is also a place in the universe uh, that is an experiment of free speech, free choice, free choice, uh, freedom to choose without anyone having a, anything to say about it. So, Wow. Well, this has been a great evening, Michelle. Thank you so, so much. Oh, you're so welcome. I've had so, such fun. <laughs> Good night now. Radio at freedomslips.com. We'll be right back after this message. 